Hello and welcome to Life Changing Science, the Bible to Podcast. I'm your host, Zeeshan, and today I am joined by Jacob Lee. Jacob first joined the Bible to program online when he was a rising junior in 2020. During this time, he would get up at 5 a.m. to take the Bible to classes and took a great interest in synthetic biology and eventually became the leader of his biodesign team. He then leveraged his biobuilder experience to work in a synthetic biology program at UCSD the following summer, taught by Carlos Vera, an amazing biobuilder teacher. And now Jacob attends Rice University in Texas, where he is thriving studying bioengineering and will be joining the Tabor Lab for an undergraduate experience in SynBio. Let's hear about this wonderful SynBio journey and dive right into this episode. So let's get started with, you were part of the online biobuilder a program in 2020. Um, tell us a bit more about that. So oh, yeah. what was the program that were you part of? How did you first get involved with BioBuilder? Yeah, definitely. So around that time, uh, it was around the spring or summer of 2020, which was my uh, sophomore year of high school. And I had known for a while that I liked science. I liked uh, biology specifically. And I would more liked um, like biotech or just kind of that technology plus uh, biology connection. Um, but I hadn't really crystallized like what that meant in terms of what I want to study in the future. So a big part of what I want to do once the pandemic hit, once things went online, is I really want to explore um, like which interests specifically I want to dive into. Um, so I googled around some um, like different biotech uh, programs, different um, bioengineering programs, biomedical engineering, and I found BioBuilder. And I saw synthetic biology as an opportunity to combine both the technical aspect of biology that I liked, um, just using all those different um, all the techniques and technicalities of cells and how they operate and how we can use engineering techniques and combine those together and create something that can you know, help people. And so I found BioBuilder and I was like, man, I think synthetic biology looks pretty cool. So uh, I actually did BioBuilder uh, over the summer. I think it was the BioBuilder summer program in 2020. It was online, unfortunately, so we couldn't do anything in person. Um, but I still found it very rewarding in terms of um, just deepening my interest. Um, so through the program, like I'd gone in with like a loose interest of like I knew I wanted to do something biology technology related, but leaving the program, I felt so inspired by the potential of bioengineering and synthetic biology. Like just seeing all the techniques of um, how we could use plasmids and bacteria, or how we could engineer these different um, these different biological parts together to create um, a desired outcome that we wanted. I just found that so so invigorating because we have all these parts that have been around us for so long, all these different genes, uh, promoters, all these biological parts in us, um, but we can connect them in a way that can solve global issues like genetic diabetes, Alzheimer's, pollution in our water, uh, all these different things. I just found that so inspiring. The uh, What I wanted to ask was, how was the online learning experience? Because you had to obviously learning about plasmids and biological parts uh, and genetics, etc., is tricky to do in person in the first place um and so how is that online experience and how how was the biobuilder online experience how were the classes like how was learning different because you know in 2020 we were learning as we go right no one really know knew how to right. teach in that uh, in that era definitely yeah definitely took some time to get used to so i mean i had been in classrooms i've been taking biology and like in the classroom right um but doing online i think i remember i had to wake up around uh 5 a.m pacific time each each monday wednesday friday to go to lectures because, um, but I, I know for me, it was uh, definitely for me, like it was a new experience learning online because um, just getting used to not not like, especially for biology, which is like a more hands-on thing where you can learn, um, like watching Dr. Coldell do the experiments on her bench uh, through Zoom 
that was interesting, but I still felt that it was really rewarding in terms of um, seeing the potential of synthetic biology. I think um, for me, like, even though waking up at 5 a.m. wasn't so easy, uh, I just found like, man, this is so cool. Even though I'd be like, have a cup of tea next to me in the morning, I'd be tired, but seeing um, how we can use the different parts and engineer these different processes to our favor, I think that kept me, kept me going. So unfortunately, even though I couldn't work with the parts myself, um, I still found it valuable to discover which parts I could use. Um, Eve still does go through the design process of which um, biological parts to design and how I can design them. And then um, maybe in a future project where I could go in person, I could build on top of that. Yep, yep, makes sense. So you're sort of building sort of a repertoire of knowledge uh, that BioBuilder was providing at that time and in the, in, in the hope that in the future, okay, right now it's just a learning phase uh, and then sometime in the near future, you're going to really just apply all of that in the lab. Absolutely. Because, um, yeah, I guess everything everything starts with the with the theory. And uh, first, impressive, th- good, <laughs> good on you for waking up at 5 a.m. It's, it's not hard to do, especially during summer. Uh, I'm sure you're you know, <laughs> preferring a lot more things. Um, that's awesome. Okay. Now I really want, I'm really excited because um, while you were in the Bible program um, online, you got involved with sort of um, the, is it the biodesign challenge or you're part of, um, you set up the biodesign team. I'd love to hear more about how that came about and some of the science that you worked on, as well as, you know, I'm from a bioinformatics background and I heard there was some programming in, in your projects. I'd love to hear a bit more about that. Definitely. Yeah. So the, the way the program worked is that we had a couple, um, I think the first couple of weeks we had um, just mostly introductory info. So they teach us about different techniques we'd use, um, different, different tools we use and what um, parts, how, how the different biological parts work together. Um, and then I think starting week two or week three, we broke into teams based on uh, which uh, project interests we were most interested in. So the area that I worked in uh, was called like the medical uh, regulation type of field. Um, so then the project specifically I worked on was um, insulin regulation because um, I my family has had a history of genetic diabetes. So like higher blood sugar levels um, in general. So we need to watch what we eat, um, make sure we take metformin if we need to. Uh, but I found it so cool that we could use these um, these bacteria as a as like a vehicle for creating or as a as a as a vehicle for creating solutions for this uh, global issue for so many people. And I just think that that passion and that drive and connecting it to a personal purpose that's what drove everything forward. So um, that's I, I've been like hours after classes like reading, trying to find papers, um, inspiration. You maybe even pass iGEM projects for inspiration on how to design my project. And I come to the next lecture with a, an array of questions for Dr. Koldell <laughs> um, and just trying to find out more as much as I could about my design. Um, so ultimately what we ended up doing is we had, uh, we designed a plasmid that could regulate um, insulin levels in di- type one diabetic patients. So they're not able to produce insulin because their beta cells have been destroyed by an autoimmune response in their early years. So what our bacteria could do is um, sense the, the insulin levels in the bloodstream and then uh, either secrete insulin or glucagon based on, on, the, on the blood sugar level to kind of regulate it, just to make sure it's not too high, which is like hypoglyce- or hyperglycemia, or too low, which is hypoglycemia. Both of those are pretty bad, so we want to keep it in some kind of uh, middle ground range. And uh, it was, although we couldn't design and test like the design in person, uh, we did have some R uh, coding just to kind of model what the, um, so we modeled the the normal daily shape of a blood sugar graph on like a normal patient. 
and then we model the daily blood sugar graph of a diabetic patient. And then theoretically, we, we put um, the we, we modeled the uh, the blood sugar levels of a patient with our treatments, and it'd be kind of in between those two, um, just to kind of help lower the threshold of how high the spikes go and how low the spikes are. I, I have a question for you. Can can you be my lecturer in the future? That was explained very well. Uh, <laughs> that is, uh, that's that's so cool to be able to work in this. In and which year of high school were you in? I was a uh, when, uh, when rising this? junior at the time, so somewhere between sophomore okay. and junior year. Being able to do all of that, working on on a synthetic, but like you've identified, uh, you know, a problem. You've identified a topic in science that you know um, is very. I guess personal to you and you you're passionate about and you've found like a synthetic biology solution in a way um that that's really really cool and what was sort of the bioinformatics programming aspect um yeah so that... i think a part of the program was uh, like training in in our programming so we did uh we did some modeling where we like i think we looked at some 3d modeling and other i think we yeah, like we different like 3D models and we also had um, just like basic R programming um, like knowledge. And then uh, we our, our challenge is to try to include some kind of data visualization part in our projects, even though we couldn't test our, our design in person. Um, so just using the kind of graph, the graph features, like pretty basic features of R, but just the, gra- the graphing aspects of R, I think, to help supplement our project. It's pretty, it's pretty basic, but I think in our, in the Cosmos program, we did use Python a little bit more. So you got to like develop a whole like new toolkit of skills as well. You have okay, so you have this incredible experience in the Bible, the program, and all of this in what three months? I think it was something. It was over. I think it was like all of July. I think in July of my in July twenty twenty. Wait, in one month you did all of this? Yeah. Oh man! Well, by <laughs> I did. Wow! Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> doing all of this in one month only possible in biobuilder of course um so you finish this program and like you must have been in love with like synthetic biology at the end of it like it would have uh, i mean you already mentioned that you were interested in like biotech and synbio but this must have been like once you finish you would have been like i want more like bible give me more yeah. stuff to do yeah right? so what was what was now let's move on to applying for universities um, how influential was BioBuilder in one selecting your major and um, also the universities that you were applying to? It was, it was huge, yeah. So I think I was I just I think BioBuilder really kindled my interest for synthetic biology and kind of using engineering with biology to create these issues for these global problems. I think um, seeing taking my my own like personal interest in it and just tying it to the potentials like BioBuilder gave me the tools to to see like how much I can do with my interest. And I think taking that and using it as a baseline to determine which um, majors, which programs to apply to, that was a huge factor. So looking for like any kind of synthetic biology specific programs, any any programs with really cool labs I'm interested in, or um, maybe just like bioengineering programs with a synthetic biology minor or concentration. Um, I definitely that guided my search because um, there are a lot of different aspects of engineering biology, of course, but um, having that little synthetic biology niche was like really important for me to either through a lab or through a program or some kind of um, specific synthetic biology course. I think those were key things I was looking for. Like, man, I want, I really want to keep doing this in college. 
I feel Bible and synthetic browser are synonymous at this point. Um, yeah, basically. And you mentioned you mentioned the engineering approach uh, to biology. Um, did you feel you had that at some of your biotech courses at high school, or was re- Bible really the only um, part that was combining the engineering biology mm-hmm. together? I would say yeah. I think most of my high school courses were mainly about like content knowledge, but not, not really like applying them into projects. Um, it was mainly like through tests and in the other like essays I had to write, but uh, I think Bible was the first experience where I could learn, take all of these um, concepts I learned and the different techniques about um, how synthetic biology works and apply them into a project that I can define the scope, I can define the problem and what aspect I want to solve. I think that was a really interesting part that uh, it was a lot easier to spend time and just keep reading more about it because yeah. I could see the purpose of why I was doing it. You basically became a true scientist for the first time uh, at Bible. Basically, yeah. Yeah, and just before we move on to, I want to ask you a few more questions about, you know, you're, you're in college now. Um, I think the best way to learn synthetic biology is to have a bunch of failed experiments. Um, and I, I just want to ask you about one or two times where, I mean, the Bible, the program was only sort of one month, but where do you feel you sort of, one air, one aspect of um, Sinbai that you were struggling to understand or you, or you, you weren't getting it? Um, but where you, where you describe as you sort of felt like you failed at it, but obviously that you use as that as a learning experience to yeah. then sort of enhance your passion for biotech and understanding for synthetic biology. Yeah, I, I think two examples are good. So in the, in the Bible, the program itself, um, part of the design was choosing a bacterial chassis to build the project on. So I had chosen, uh, I think it was, I think it was E. coli as my chassis, as my first draft before I, I like showed my idea to Dr. Coldell. And I'd done all this reading and research and um, building the, the project around E. coli. But it turns out that the the parts I had used were not compatible with E. coli. So then all that work is kind of for nothing. I'm like, oh man. So at first I was like, I spent so many hours like reading, but um, it kind of drove me to figure out, like read more and try to figure out more details about what chassis was compatible and why this chassis worked over which this chassis didn't. And I think ultimately after reading more about different chassis, I found three different ones that were good and or could work, and I showed it to Dr. Goldell. And she actually forwarded me another article that I could read for like further reading after class. And that article that she sent me was the chassis I ended up using, which I think was Lactobacillus lactis. But kind of like me just going through my own process of trying to work through the work through the chassis, work through the parts, which parts go where, and figuring out, oh shoot, this one doesn't work, but how? Why doesn't it work? And why? Why does this one work instead? I think that part, I took that in stride and just kept building on that as another step in my project. Um, another example was in uh, the next year, the next summer, I did another program at uh, UC San Diego. And I had actually, um, let's see, yeah, I, I had done a lot of the same thing with, with the plasmids and um, like taking biological parts from a standard registry. Um, but the design I had done, I linked it to a, like a biomarker for high, high insulin sugar or high, high insulin levels or high blood sugar levels. But... I wasn't able to find that that blood. I wasn't able to find a diabetic biomarker that fit with the parts that I used. So there's a similar problem where I'm like, oh man, I done all this reading, and hypothetically this 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 structure that I had could work, but these two parts weren't compatible. I'm like, oh man. Um, so it's just kind of the same thing where um, me going through that same that whole process of me trying to design it and then figuring out it doesn't work helped me understand more in depth about why things work and why things don't work. I think that whole engineering process of trial and error really helped me hone in my understanding of synthetic biology. 
Yeah, and what you just described there, those two examples, um, that's what it means. That's what synthetic biology is. Engineering right. means you design, build, test, and you went through that so many times that really, that's that's awesome that you got that experience so early on. Okay, so you started in September uh, at Rice University. That is super awesome. So how have, I'm sure you're taking a bunch of, um, what, what are some of the courses you're taking? Are they more biotech related or at this stage, is it more like a uh, bit so, of like so biotech, currently... chemistry, maths, etc.? Yeah, so for the for the bioengineering at Rice, like a lot of the first year stuff is is like more of the the prerequisites for the bioengineering classes. So so right now I'm taking like physics uh, 101, or like intro physics. I'm taking calculus, like calculus two. Um, I'm taking um, a computation on applied mathematics, which is like kind of practicing MATLAB coding. Um, all of these are kind of foundational concepts for next year's classes in the sophomore year, which are more bioengineering focused. So um, next year, for example, I have like fundamentals of bioengineering or I have um, tissue instrumentation lab or, or all these more specific biotech bioengineering classes. Um, but this year has more been just like getting the prerequisites out of the way. And do you feel because you've, you've had the experience uh, at BioBuilder at UCSD um, that you feel more comfortable being challenged at uni when you come across a concept that's really difficult or when you're doing lab work? Do you feel, do you look back that, oh, I've done this at BioBuilder and it you get excited by that challenge. Absolutely, yeah. I think that mindset I took from the biobuilder, like through all those failures and reiterations of the project, it's like, how can I keep working to improve my improve my project or improve my design or improve my lab results, right? It's, I think, taking that design and just continually working at it and refining and retuning. Um, I've applied that mindset in a lot of my classes, like even in physics, like physics labs or, or uh, like physics problem sets or all these like tough, tough classes that are still STEM related. I think a lot of that mindset translates over in terms of the problem-solving ability. Um, I'm, I'm excited to hear about sort of what the next project you're working on um, in synthetic biology. So are you currently doing, like, you know, uh, extracurricular outside of your coursework? Are you currently working on something in SynBio? Definitely, yeah. So I, like just a couple of months ago, I was able to, like, interview and obtain a research position at the, at, um, there's a lab at Rice called the Tabor Lab. Um, and yeah. it's, it's basically a synthetic biology lab. There's a couple different projects, but the projects I'm working on is is engineering two-component bacterial systems. Um, and it just has to deal with signaling pathways and um, kind of biosensing, but I, I'm super excited to get into it. Um, I think I'll be involved in it a lot more next semester because um, just in terms of like Thanksgiving break and finals, um, I couldn't do too much this semester, but next semester I definitely have um, a lot more commitments and I'm really excited to keep working with uh, both Dr. Tabor and also the PhD students there I've met them. Such a great team. Um, not only do they are they so knowledgeable about the content, but they're also so encouraging to help me understand the content and walk me through the steps of getting in the lab, figuring out the techniques I need to use, and kind of the biology behind it. So that's one opportunity I'm really excited for next semester. And also in a couple other um, biology uh, STEM tutoring uh, organizations. So one of them is where I go to. It's, it's called Kids Are Scientists too. Uh, I go to local. Houston elementary schools are typically underserved communities, and we just teach them nice, fun STEM labs. So it might be um, cutting apart strawberries and figure, like how to extract their DNA, or it might be um, taping a balloon to a, a water bottle and seeing how physics works with a balloon ro- rocket bottle, a, a rocket balloon, basically. Um, or it's different different STEM concepts that are that are important to understand but simple to teach. And I think the kid, seeing the kids' reactions, it's uh, or seeing it like seeing seeing their smiles whenever they see like a decomposition reaction, make a balloon pop or make, or they see 
um, like how, how a reaction occurs, like with baking soda and an orange or all these different reactions. It just reminds me of why I do these things. Like it just kind of gives me a roots to like, why is this so interesting? Seeing the reactions, that's a good way to, to keep seeing why it's interesting. At the Tabor Lab, you had um, uh, an interview for the position. Am I right to assume like they just basically ask, saw like, oh, this guy went to Bible there. Yeah, just come in. You, you can run the lab. It's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How was that interview like? It, was, it wasn't too bad, actually. So uh, recently I had just, so the, I, when I first came to, to university, I know in, in high school, I was like, oh, man, like finding research is so hard because I had to send out so many emails and never got any responses back. Um, but I know in university, I just sent out some emails to the labs I was like interested in. Um, I researched the Tabor lab before I actually even got accepted. Um, like when I was researching rice itself, I saw the Tabor lab. I'm like, wow, if I could go in that lab, that'd be pretty cool. Um, so I, I had sent an email to them saying like, hey, you know, here's my experiences. Um, here's my interests. And this project of yours resonates with my experiences and my passions. Hopefully we could set up a Zoom interview and just kind of talk about my passions and your project. And maybe there's a spot I can help in. Um, and then they just, they, they, he directed me to one of his, his PhD students and we just talked about his project. Um, it was really cool that the two components signaling pathways, um, and, and just like he said, yeah, you know, if, if you have time commitments next semester, you can definitely join. Um, and I was kind of stunned about how, it, how easy it was to get involved in research in university. And that just kind of adds to my excitement because I know that, um, uh, this is something I've been looking forward to for a while and being able to do it, the lab I've been looking at for a while now, being able to do it next semester in a more significant capacity, I'm like, oh. Even more excited. So I, I love how all of this can sort of be traced back to your start with BioBuilder. Um, and for my final question, what advice would you give uh, to students that are just looking, just started looking into BioBuilder, just started to get interested in synthetic biology, so they're high school students, or maybe even in like, um, actually, yeah, this is yeah, high school students who are interested in learning more about BioBuilder. What advice would you give to them? Definitely. Yeah, I just say like follow your passion. So I know for me, like I had been interested in these biology technology concepts, but I wasn't sure like, like it wasn't really crystallized, kind of just ideas floating around. But I know for me, like once I had uh, found Bibles, I just followed my passion. I'm like, wow, like this, like building these parts and using them for problems that I personally am passionate about, not just like I, I found myself spending hours and hours just reading journals. And like, even though like on another day, I might be like, oh, I, how can I read that? But I remember like I just kept reading, like I was more excited to find this new part or understand why this part worked or different different mechanisms I can use and how can I design this. Just follow, follow my passions really helped me think about that whole process of how can I create the most impact with my design. And I think just following your passion and continuing to re retry, retry, keep going at it. Because I know for me, there are a lot, of, a lot of designs that I had to scrap because either the parts weren't compatible or the parts were for the, the, the wrong chassis or maybe um, this part worked for this problem but not for this problem. I just think keep on going at it with that engineering, engineering biology mindset, as, as well as keeping yourself grounded in your interests. That's really um, the advice I gave myself. And I think that's, that's why I was able to have so much fun doing this. Thanks once again to Jacob for joining me today. What I found insightful about this episode was hearing Jacob talk me through his process of engineering bio. He mentioned that failing some of his experiments helped him understand why things work and why others don't. And that the engineering process of trial and error really helped his understanding of synthetic biology. I feel this episode will be very useful to any high school student interested in learning about the specifics of what exactly the BioBuilder program has to offer. For example, what types of labs you do, the content you learn, uh, and the many skills you'll develop. If you would like to learn more about anything Jacob and I discussed today, please refer to the show notes. 
And with that, we're at the end of another season of the Life Changing Science Podcast. Thank you so much to everyone who has tuned in. See you next year in season three, where we'll welcome another wonderful guest whose life has been impacted by Bible's life changing science.